Chapter Three of the Love Affairs of Pixie by Mrs. George de Horn Vesey. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Nearly twenty one. Bridgie rang the bell to have the tea things removed and a message sent to the nursery that the children might descend without further delay. It was still a few minutes before the orthodox hour but the conversation had reached a point when a distraction would be welcome and jack and patsy were invariably prancing with impatience from the moment when the smell of hot potato cakes ascended from below they came with a rush pattering down the staircase with a speed which made bridgie gasp and groan and bursting open the door entered the room at the double jack was five and wore a blue tunic with an exceedingly long-waisted belt beneath which could be discerned the hems of abbreviated knickers patricia was three and wore a limp white frock reaching to the tips of little red shoes she had long brown locks and eyes of the true o'shaughnessy grey and was proudly supposed to resemble her beautiful aunt joan jack was fair with linty locks and a jolly brown face his mouth might have been smaller and still attained a fair average in size but for the time being his pretty baby teeth filled the cavern so satisfactorily that no one could complain both children made straight for their mother smothered her with bunny hugs and then from the shelter of her arms cast quick questioning glances across the fireplace there was in their glance a keenness a curiosity almost amounting to awe which would at once have arrested the attention of an onlooker it was not in the least the smiling glance of recognition which is accorded to a member of the household on meeting again after one of the short separations of the day it resembled far more the half-nervous half-pleasurable shrinking from an introduction to a stranger about whom was wrapped a cloak of deepest mystery as for pixie herself she sat bolt upright in her seat staring fixedly into space and apparently unconscious of the children's presence presently jack took a tentative step forward and patsy followed in his wake half a yard from pixie's chair they stopped short with eager craning faces with bodies braced in readiness for a flying retreat pixie no answer still the rigid immovable figure still the fixed and staring eye pixie the eyes rolled a deep hollow voice boomed forth i'm not pixie the expected had happened they had known it was coming would have been bitterly disappointed if it had failed nevertheless they writhed and capered as though overcome with amazement pixie pixie who are you now i'm a wild buffalo of the plains answered pixie unexpectedly and as a wild buffalo she comported herself for the next half hour ambling on hands and knees round the room while the children wreathed her neck with impromptu garlands made of wools from their mother's work-basket 
and made votive offerings of sofa cushions footstools and india-rubber toys in the midst of the uproar bridgie jumped from her seat and flew to the door her ears sharp as ever to hear the click of her husband's latch-key the greeting in the narrow hall was delightfully lover-like for a married couple of six years standing and they entered the drawing-room arm in arm smiling with a contentment charming to witness captain victor was satisfied that no one in the world possessed such an altogether delightful specimen of womanhood as his bride she was so sweet so good so unselfish and in addition to these sterling qualities she was so cheerful so spontaneous so unexpected that it was impossible for life to grow dull and monotonous while she was at the head of the household he acknowledged tenderly and with a shrug of the shoulders to express resignation that she might have been a cleverer housekeeper and just a thought more economical in expenditure but considering her happy-go-lucky upbringing under the most thriftless of fathers the darling really deserved more praise for what she accomplished than blame for what was left undone bridgie on the contrary considered that dick worried his head ridiculously about ways and means not for the world and all that it contained would she have accused him of being mean she merely shrugged her shoulders and reminded herself that he was english poor thing english people had a preference for seeing money visibly in their purses before they spent it while she herself had been brought up in a cheerful confidence that it would turn up somehow to pay the bills which had been incurred in faith captain victor displayed not the faintest astonishment at discovering his sister-in-law on all fours nor did he appear overcome to be introduced to her as a buffalo of the plains he smiled at her almost as tenderly as at his own babies and said how do buff pleased to have met you so kind of you to make hay in my drawing-room which reproof brought pixie quickly to her rightful position that was another english characteristic of dick victor he hated disorder and was not appreciative of uproar on his return from a day's work therefore there were picture-books in waiting for his return and after a few minutes parleying pixie cajoled the children into the dining-room on the plea of a bigger and more convenient table for the display of their treasures leaving the husband and wife alone dick lay back in his easy chair and stretched himself with an involuntary sigh of relief he was devoted to his children but a quiet chat with bridgie was the treat par excellence at this hour of the day when he was tired and in need of rest he stretched out a hand towards her and she stroked it with gentle fingers you tired dear will i get you a cup of tea it's not long since it went out if i poured some hot water in the pot dick shuddered thank you ma'am no if i have any i'll have it fresh but i don't care about it to-day it's nice just to rest and talk anything happened to you to-day there always does it's the most exciting thing in the world to be the mistress of a household said bridgie with relish 
there were few days when captain victor was not treated to a history of accidents and contretemps on his return home but unlike most husbands he rather anticipated than dreaded the recital for bridgie so evidently enjoyed it herself taking a keen retrospective joy over past discomfitures the victor household had its own share of vicissitudes more than its share perhaps but through them all survived a spirit of kindliness and good-fellowship which took away more than half the strain maid-servants arriving in moods of suspicion and antagonism found themselves unconsciously unarmed by the cheery kindly young mistress who administered praise more readily than blame and so far from giving herself airs treated them with friendly kindliness and consideration on the very rare occasions when a girl was poor-spirited enough to persist in her antagonism off she went with a month's money in her pocket for the peace of her little home was the greatest treasure in the world to bridgie victor and no hireling could be allowed to disturb it the service in the little house might not be as mechanically perfect as in some others the meals might vary in excellence but that was a secondary affair if a bad temper is a necessary accompaniment of a good cook then give me herbs she would cry shrugging her pretty shoulders and her husband agreed with reservations he was a very happy a very contented man and every day of his life he thanked god afresh for his happy home for his children for the greatest treasure of all sweet bridget his wife to-day however the disclosure had nothing to do with domestic revolutions and bridgie's tone in making her announcement held an unusual note of tragedy dick guess what you'll never guess pixie's grown up for a moment captain victor looked as was expected of him utterly bewildered he lay back in his chair his handsome face blank and expressionless the while he stared steadily at his wife and bridgie stared back her distress palpably mingled with complacence speak she would not until dick had given expression to his surprise she sat still therefore shaking her head in a melancholy mandarin fashion which had the undesired effect of restoring his complacence my darling what unnecessary woe it's astounding i grant you one never expected such a feat of pixie but the years will pass there is no holding them unfortunately how old is she by the way seventeen i suppose eighteen twenty nearly twenty-one bridgie's tone was tragic and dick victor in his turn looked startled and grave he frowned bit his lip and stared thoughtfully across the room twenty-one is it possible grown up indeed bridgie we should have realized this before we've been so content with things as they were that we've been selfishly blind if pixie is over twenty we have not been treating her fairly we have treated her too much as a child we ought to have entertained for her taken her about bridgie sighed and dropped her eyelids to hide the twinkle in her eyes 
like most husbands dick preferred a quiet domestic evening at the end of a day abroad like most wives bridgie would have enjoyed a little diversion at the end of a day at home sweetly and silently for nearly half a dozen years she had subdued her preferences to his feeling at once her pleasure and her duty to do so but now if duty suddenly assumed the guise of a gayer more sociable life then most cheerfully would irish bridgie accept the change i think dear she said primly it would be wise esmeralda has said so many a time but i took no notice i never did take any notice of esmeralda but she was right this time it appears and i was wrong imagine it pixie began bemoaning that she was not pretty and it was not herself she was grieving for or you or me bridgie's voice sounded a crescendo of amazement over that last pronoun but whom do you suppose you'll never guess her future lovers it was just another instance of the provokingness of man that at this horrible disclosure dick threw himself back in his chair in a peal of laughter he laughed and laughed till the tears stood in his eyes and bridgie despite herself joined in the chorus the juxtaposition of pixie and lovers had proved just as startling to him as to his wife but while she had been scandalized he was frankly whole-heartedly amused pixie he cried pixie with a lover it would be about as easy to think of patsy dear quaint little pixie who dares to say she isn't pretty her funny little nose her big generous mouth are a hundred times more charming than the ordinary pretty face i'll tell you what it is darling he sobered suddenly pixie's lover whoever he may be will be an uncommonly lucky fellow husband and wife sat in silence for some moments after this hand in hand as their custom was in hours of privacy while the thoughts of each pursued the same subject pixie's opening life and their own duty towards it on both minds was born the unwilling realization that their own home was not the ideal abode to afford the experience of life the open intercourse with young people of her own age which it was desirable that the girl should now enjoy as a means of adding to his income captain victor had accepted the position of adjutant to a volunteer corps in a northern city and as comparatively new residents his list of acquaintances was but small esmeralda or to speak more correctly joan the second daughter of the o'shaughnessy family as the wife of the millionaire geoffrey hilliard possessed a beautiful country seat not sixty miles from town while jack the eldest brother had returned to the home of his father's knock castle in ireland on the money which his wife had inherited from her father after he had become engaged to her in her character of a penniless damsel jack was thankful all his life to remember that fact though his easy-going irish nature found nothing to worry about in the fact that the money was legally his wife's and not his own 
both esmeralda as the society queen and sylvia as chatelaine of knock had opportunities of showing life to a young girl with which bridgie in her modest little home in a provincial town could not compete nevertheless the heart of the tender elder sister was loath to part from her charge at the very moment when watchfulness and guidance were most important she fought against the idea assured herself that there was time plenty of time what after all was twenty-one in two three years one might talk about society in the meantime let the child be and captain victor in his turn looked into the future and saw his bridgie left sisterless in this strange town bereft all day long of the society of the sweetest and most understanding of companions and he too sighed and asked himself what was the hurry surely another year a couple of years and then being one in reality as well as in name the eyes of husband and wife met and lingered and as if at the sweep of an angel's wing the selfish thoughts fell away and they faced their duty and accepted it once for all bridgie leaned her head on her husband's shoulder and sighed thankfully i have you dick and the children twould be wicked to complain and dick murmured gruffly i want no one but you and held her tightly in his arms while bridgie sniffed and whimpered like one of her own small children but if pixie if pixie is unhappy if any wretched man breaks pixie's heart he couldn't dick victor said firmly no man could that's beyond them hearts like pixie's don't break honey i don't say they may not ache at times but breaking is a different matter your bantling is grown up you can keep her no longer beneath your wing she must go out into the world and work and suffer like the rest but she'll win through pixie the woman will be a finer creature than pixie the child but bridgie hid her face and the tears rushed into her eyes for hers was the mother's heart which longed ever to succour and protect and pixie was the child whom a dying father had committed to her care it was hard to let pixie go End of chapter three